Thank you for coming to the podcast. This is Top Turtle MMA Podcast on FlowCombat.com. I'm Daniel Gumby Freeland, joined by my co-host, Shockwave Dave Tremonte, and we have got a great show lined up for you guys today. Today, we're going to play Sunday Matchmaker, where we match up some of the fighters from UFC in Rochester. We'll be talking about some of the winners, and even one of the losers, and who we think they should fight next. Plus, we will be taking you around the league with our Fastest Fight News segment. We'll be talking about some of the results from 1FC, as well as some news about the UFC Hall of Fame. Plus, we've got interviews with fighters who are fighting this week. That's right. Even though there's no UFC card, we got a couple of fighters on Thursday's PFL card on ESPN+. So we'll be talking with Damon the Leach Jackson and Chris Wade as they make their run for the million bucks. But before we get to any of that... I got to remind you that this episode is brought to you by ADK Fightwear. Go to ADKFightwear.com, use promo code TURTLE, T-U-R-T-L-E, all lowercase, and you're going to get 20% off your whole order. That's right, 20% off your whole order on grappling gear. And let me tell you something, their grappling gear, super high quality, and that 20% really gets you a far way because this gear is not expensive to begin with. I've got their arm bars and stripes rash guard. It's a short sleeve rash guard with the American flag with the jujitsu belts on it. Really cool looking rash guard. You can get it for just 20 bucks. That's right. When you use our promo code, just 20 bucks. And maybe you're not a no gi person. Maybe you're a gi person. Maybe it's time to get your kid a new gi. Well, you can go onto adkfightwear.com and get their Gray Peak Kids Pearl Weave Gi for just 55 bucks. That's right, just 55 bucks. I guarantee you, you won't find a higher quality gi for a lower price out there on the internet. And you can quote me on that. So head to adkfightwear.com. Make sure to use promo code TURTLE, T U R T L E, all lowercase, and tell them that Gumby sent you. This episode is brought to you by ADK Fightwear. This is Daniel Gumby, reeling with Top Turtle MMA on FlowCombat.com, and today I have the pleasure of speaking to Damon the Leech Jackson, who fights Movlid Kaibulev at PFL number two on May 23rd, which is a Thursday, folks. So make sure you catch it. Uh, Damon, I want to talk to you about your gym to start because you're training out of Fortis MMA, and you've sort of really been one of the guys who's been there from the very beginning. What's it like, Ben? watching this this gym sort of take off to something that everybody is now talking about yeah it's uh you know it's really impressive because you know we've only had one coach from the beginning and uh you know Saif has really guided everyone into you know the position they're in so uh it's pretty impressive because you know he's the one that's behind everything so it's been you know it's been cool to see uh some of these guys come in with like zero MMA experience and they come in and uh they started learning you know kickboxing they started sparring with the pros and then you know worked their way into a position to fight for the team and uh you know now some of these guys are sitting at like six and seven and oh and like you know we got a guy fighting on the contender his name's Jermez uh coming up and you know we got Miles on the contender and you know these are guys that I've I've seen I've seen them come up from you know basically nothing and to be a part of that but you know as far as the team man we're you know definitely on fire right now but that's just these are the same group of guys that i've been training with for the past you know six years so absolutely and and i was going to ask you too about those guys in the contender series as sort of like the more veteran guy on the the team do you sort of take some of the responsibility of getting them ready for those big fights yeah for sure you know we we have a lot of guys uh, around the gym that are getting everyone ready you know but you know i'm just kind of like 
extra set of eyes for a coach sometimes. And I like to uh, kind of make sure that the guys aren't, you know, screwing up with jiu-jitsu or, you know, their wrestling is on point. And then, um, you know, it goes into sparring time. You know, these guys are performing uh, against – it's really cool because they're getting to spar with guys that are like, you know, three or four fights in their UFC career. And then, you know, some of these guys are fighting for the LFA title and like things like that. And they're getting to spar with these guys so they can kind of see, you know, where they're at. And then, you know, Ramez and John both have great experience. And, uh, you know, going into the show, I think that, yeah, I think everybody's going to be, um, you know, they'll be happy with what they see. These guys are, you know, busting their ass. Absolutely. Now, I wanted to talk to you about the PFL season because, you know, we just watched the first season unfold. It was really exciting. But at the same time, it is very action packed. There's a lot of fighting in a very small amount of time. How do you feel about the potential of having that many fights in in one year? And, And, you know, we're already in the middle of May, that many fights from May to December. Yeah, you know, that's a because it's like it's not just a full year, you know. Yeah, it is like kind of crammed in there. But uh, honestly, whenever I heard about it, I thought it was going to be like you fight twice in one night every single time. And uh, whenever they came out with the format, I just, you know, I really, really liked what they were doing with it, um, where they have like the regular season and they have the, you know, quarterfinals, semifinals the same night, no elbows. Like the whole thing, the concept is just, it's pretty cool. Um, you know, I'm excited about it just because that's the way I like to fight. I like to stay active. And uh, so, when I, you know, looking at having four or five fights in one year, that's, you know, that's, that makes me very happy to think about. Um, you know, I hate sitting around and training because, I, I, you know, no matter what, I'm training, you know, twice a day, every single freaking day, you know, during the week. And it's like on the weekends, my Saturday mornings are at the gym. And Sunday I have off and I'm training all my clients. So it's like when I don't have a fight, it doesn't make any sense for me to train as much as I do. And then when I have a fight, you know, it makes me happy. So, um, you know, I want to stay as busy as possible. Yeah, and speaking of staying as busy as possible, too, you know, in this, you almost automatically have to start thinking about your next opponent here, too. And, and you always say, you know, you don't look ahead of the opponent who's in front of you right now. But, but there is a whole division of guys with the same goal as you. Are you keeping an eye on the other fights on the same night as you? What What's your thought process going into a card where you know everybody on the card is a potential next opponent? No, I don't. I don't. Yeah, that that would just make you go insane. I think if you if you thought about every person as a potential opponent, you would just go insane. I think what the best thing that I'm going to do and what I've done so far is that I want to make sure that uh, my body's recovering after you know all this training and after every fight. So my training camp is uh, a little different for this one. You know, I'm not banging myself up as much, uh, which, you know, it's like one of those things where it's kind of like, a, you know, I'm having to test all this stuff as I go because I've never done this before. But, uh, you know, coming into this fight, this has been like almost complete normal camp uh, for this fight. So I'm coming in with this one just good to go. Uh, and I'm going to immediately uh, stay on my diet. I'm going to have to take a couple of days off training, you know, and then uh, I'm going to ease back into my, uh, you know, different technique training and then, you know, come start working back into my strength and conditioning after about two or three weeks after this fight. And then, uh, and then after that, I'll start introducing sparring again. So I'm just trying to recover really is the smartest thing for me. I think, uh, I don't think thinking about everyone as a potential opponent is very smart just because, you know, that would be exhausting. 
Yeah, so, and I, I got to ask you too, because the PFL season, like we said, is long. We've got all of this stuff coming up where you know you've got a couple of fights. I got to ask you, do you mentally have a plan for the million dollars? I hear your kids in the back. I, I got to imagine that's got something to do with it. What are you going to do with the million dollars if you win it? Uh, you know, with, with me, the million dollars would be amazing because it's like, you know, whenever you fight, you have to kind of put your career. Like, you know, I, I do some real estate stuff on the side, and then I, I renovate campers and buses. Uh, it's like a hobby, but I also make really good money off of that. And then I also train people. So I have, like, a little bit of everything going on. And with that million, you know, I would love to just uh, kind of put that back as, you know, put it back and not touch it for, you know, four or five years and uh, and then, then start, you know, working my way. After I'm done fighting, um, you know, bring it out and start doing something with it. Uh, uh, I'm not, you know, it sucks because it's like, you know, I got in this tournament. I'm not doing this for the money uh, per se, but, you know, I just want to be respected for the time that, you know, spent in the gym and all the training and everything that goes with it. You know, I want to be respected with what I'm getting paid. And I think that PFL is uh, the first company that is truly uh, putting that out there for the fighters. And uh, so with the money, you know, I would set that back and that would be kind of like my catch up from all the years that I've, you know, spent training, uh, it would be nice to have a little bit of cushion on the backside when I'm done fighting. Absolutely. And PFL, it's great that they're around, and it's great that we're going to get to see you in there. Once again, this is Damon the Leech Jackson, who fights Mavlid Kaibulev at PFL number two on May 23rd. Damon, thanks so much for the time, man. We really appreciate it. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Thank you. This is Daniel Gumby Vreeland with Top Turtle MMA on FlowCombat.com. And today I have the pleasure of speaking to Damon the Leech Jackson, who fights Moblid Kaibulev at PFL number two on May 23rd, which is a Thursday, folks, so make sure you catch it. Uh, Damon, I want to talk to you about your gym to start because you're training out of Fortis MMA, and you've sort of really been one of the guys who's been there from the very beginning. What's it like, Ben? watching this this gym sort of take off to something that everybody is now talking about yeah it's uh you know it's really impressive because you know we've only had one coach from the beginning and uh you know safe has really guided everyone into you know the position they're in so uh it's pretty impressive because you know he's the one that's behind everything so it's been, you know it's been cool to see uh some of these guys come in with like zero MMA experience and they come in and uh they started learning you know kickboxing they started sparring with the pros and then you know work their way into a position to fight for the team and uh you know now some of these guys are sitting at like six and seven and oh and like you know we got a guy fighting on the contender his name's Ramez uh coming up and you know we got Miles on the contender and you know these are guys that I've I've seen I've seen them come up from you know basically nothing and to be a part of that but you know as far as the team man we're you know definitely on fire right now but that's just these are the same group of guys that i've been training with for the past you know six years so absolutely and and i was going to ask you too about those guys in the contender series as sort of like the more veteran guy on the the team do you sort of take some of the responsibility of getting them ready for those big fights yeah for sure you know we we have a lot of guys uh, around the gym that are getting everyone ready you know but you know i'm just kind of like extra set of eyes for a coach sometimes and I like to uh kind of make sure that the guys aren't, you know, screwing up with jujitsu or, you know, their wrestling's on point. And then um, you know, it goes into sparring time, you know, these guys are performing uh against they're it's really cool because they they're getting to spar with guys that are like, you know, three or four fights in their UFC career 
And then, you know, some of these guys are fighting for the LFA title and, like, things like that. And they're getting to spar with these guys so they can kind of see, you know, where they're at. And then, you know, Ramez and John both have great experience. And, uh, you know, going into the show, I think that, yeah, I think everybody's going to be, uh, you know, they'll be happy with what they see. These guys are, you know, busting their ass. Absolutely. Now, I wanted to talk, too, about the PFL season because, you know, we just watched the first season unfold. It was really exciting, but at the same time, it is very action-packed. There's a lot of fighting in a very small amount of time. How do you feel about the potential of having that many fights in, in one year? And, and, you know, we're already in the middle of May. That many fights from May to December. Yeah, you know, that's it, because it's like it's not just a full year, you know. Yeah, it is, like, kind of crammed in there. But, uh, honestly, whenever I heard about it, I thought it was going to be like you fight twice in one night every single time. And uh, whenever they came out with the format, I just, you know, I really, really liked what they were doing with it, um, where they have, like, the regular season and they have the, you know, quarterfinals, semifinals, the same night, no elbows. Like, the whole thing, the concept is just it's pretty cool. Um, you know, I'm excited about it just because that's the way I like to fight. I like to stay active. And uh, so, when I, you know, looking at having four or five fights in one year, that's, you know, that's, that makes me very happy to think about. Um, you know, I hate sitting around and training because, I, I, you know, no matter what, I'm training, you know, twice a day, every single freaking day, you know, during the week. And it's like on the weekends, my Saturday mornings are at the gym. And Sunday I have off and I'm training all my clients. So it's like when I don't have a fight, it doesn't make any sense for me to train as much as I do. And then when I have a fight, you know, it makes me happy. So, um, you know, I want to stay as busy as possible. Yeah, and speaking of staying as busy as possible, too, you know, like in this, you almost automatically have to start thinking about your next opponent here, too. And, and you always say, you know, you don't look ahead of the opponent who's in front of you right now. But, but there is a whole division of guys with the same goal as you. Are you keeping an eye on the other fights on the same night as you? What What's your thought process going into a card where you know everybody on the card is a potential next opponent? No, I don't. I don't. Yeah, that that would just make you go insane. I think if you if you thought about every person as a potential opponent, you would just go insane. I think what the best thing that I'm going to do and what I've done so far is that I want to make sure that uh, my body's recovering after you know all this training and after every fight. So my training camp is uh, a little different for this one. You know, I'm not banging myself up as much, uh, which, you know, it's like one of those things where it's kind of like, a, you know, I'm having to test all this stuff as I go because I've never done this before. But, uh, you know, coming into this fight, this has been like almost complete normal camp uh, for this fight. So I'm coming in with this one just good to go. Uh, and I'm going to immediately uh, stay on my diet. I'm going to have to take a couple of days off training, you know, and then uh, I'm going to ease back into my, uh, you know, different technique training and then, you know, come start working back into my strength and conditioning after about two or three weeks after this fight. And then, uh, and then after that, I'll start introducing sparring again. So I'm just trying to recover really is the smartest thing for me. I think, uh, I don't think thinking about everyone as a potential opponent is very smart just because, you know, that would be exhausting. Yeah, so, and I, I got to ask you, too, because the PFL season, like we said, is long. We've got all of this stuff coming up where you know you've got a couple of fights. I got to ask you, do you mentally have a plan for the million dollars? I hear your kids in the back. I, I got to imagine that's got something to do with it. What are you going to do with the million dollars if you win it? Uh, You know, with, with me, the million dollars would be amazing because it's like, you know, whenever you fight, you have to kind of put your career, like, you know, I, I do some real estate stuff on the side, and then I, I renovate campers and buses, 
uh, is like a hobby, but I also make really good money off of that. And then I also train people. So I have like a little bit of everything going on. And with that million, you know, I would love to just uh, kind of put that back as, you know, put it back and not touch it for, you know, four or five years. And uh, and then, then start, you know, working my way. After I'm done fighting, um, you know, bring it out and start doing something with it. Uh, uh, I'm not, you know, it sucks because it's like, you know, I got in this tournament. I'm not doing this for the money uh, per se, but, you know, I just want to be respected for the time that, you know, spent in the gym and, all the training and everything that goes with it, you know, I want to be respected with what I'm getting paid. And I think that PFL is uh, the first company that is truly uh, putting that out there for the fighters. And uh, so with the money, you know, I would set that back and that would be kind of like my catch up from all the years that I've, you know, spent just training. Uh, it would be nice to have a little bit of cushion on the backside when I'm done fighting. Absolutely. And PFL, it's great that they're around, and it's great that we're going to get to see you in there. Once again, this is Damon the Leech Jackson, who fights Mavlid Kaibulev at PFL number two on May 23rd. Damon, thanks so much for the time, man. We really appreciate it. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. And those interviews with Damon the Leech Jackson and Chris Wade are brought to you by Maroon Social. M-A-R-U-N-E. Maroon Social is the one and only social media app just for BJJ enthusiasts. That's right. There is now an app for you where you can track your progress and your friend's progress in jiu-jitsu on your phone. So let me tell you how this works. You're going to go to either the, the iTunes Store or Google Play, and you're going to download the Maroon Social app, M-A-R-U-N-E. Once you've got it, you can set up your profile. You can get all kinds of things customized in it. You can put your belt level, put your stripes on your belt. You can talk about your home gyms, maybe some of the places you train other than that. Then after that, you're going to start logging your training sessions. And let me tell you what's awesome about logging your training sessions is that now the app automatically tells you whether or not you're doing better week to week and month to month so that you know whether or not you're getting more training in or you're getting less training in. Plus, you can follow what your buddies are doing. You can log competitions, your weight, all kinds of things. It's really awesome to stay on top of your jujitsu game. I highly recommend it. I'm a user myself. Maroon Social. M-A-R-U-N-E. Well, once again, I am Daniel Gumby Freeland, joined by my co-host, Shockwave Dave Tremonte. Dave, these two fighters seem super geared up for this PFL season. I mean, we talked about it before on, on another episode about whether or not this, this format was plausible to go multiple seasons, whether or not the million-dollar prize could hold up. Here we are, season number two. What do you think? You know what? At the end of the day, I am just so excited that there are alternatives out there to the UFC. We, of course... On last week's show, did our combat countdown on the top five leagues that weren't named the UFC, and the PFL was on there, so we're pro-PFL on this podcast. Yeah, and I love, too, that it's giving us, and I've said this long ago, I'm pro-MMA during the week. I love Contender Series on Tuesday, I love PFL on Thursday, so let's bring MMA to every freaking day of the week. Hell yeah. All right, let's move on because we got a jam-packed show. And we'll start, of course, with our favorite segment on the podcast. Well, at least tied for our favorite segment on the podcast. It's Fastest Fight News. We deliver the news to you in under 15 minutes or less, or your podcast becomes free. Gumby, what a week it was. And I want to start here really on more of a historical, almost sentimental note. Rashad Evans is going into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and, and I think he's a deserved champion. Like, uh, you know, like we're starting to, like, get into the the period where we're like, does just every champion 
deserve to be in the <laughs> Hall of Fame, right? Because like now, now we got to ask: Is Tim Sylvia a Hall of Famer? Is Andre Arlovsky a Hall of Famer? Where do you stand on you know, um, you know, who else is early early champion? Carlos Newton is Carlos Newton a Hall of Famer? So like we're gonna ask all of those questions. But Rashad Evans has a knockout victory over Chuck Liddell. Uh, he had some wars in there. He beat Rampage. Like, you know, like, he had a really, really good career. And I think also the fact that he does all of the announcing for the UFC makes him kind of like an iconic figure in the UFC. And, and he's deserving for whatever whatever the, the criteria is to get into the UFC. I assume he's met whatever that is. I think he absolutely has. I mean, he was also on one of the early seasons of The Ultimate Fighter when The Ultimate Fighter did was he good and actually produced. Did he win it? I believe he did, yeah. Yeah, that, that's crazy. Because yeah. you know who else wanted it heavyweight, and, and we'll get to talking about it a little bit later on the show. Antonio Carlos Jr. Shoeface wanted it heavyweight. Is that right? Yeah. I didn't even. Uh, I I blocked that out of my memory. Um. So yeah, you know, I'm happy for Rashad. Uh, and I do like your question though. You know, is a champion an automatic Hall of Famer? The answer is no. You brought up uh, a couple of guys there. Tim Sylvia for me, no. Andre Arlovsky, absolutely yes. So many historical fights for him, and not even just in the UFC. I'm talking about this is a guy who fought Fedor uh, in, of course, Affliction, and then his second run in the UFC. He's a no-doubt Hall of Famer for me, and I know he is for you, too. Yeah, he's obviously a Hall of Famer for me. He's like, maybe, I, I think I have to have him in my top five favorite fighters of all time, which is a crazy claim, because I'm sure all of you guys out there are thinking I'm nuts, but he's just so exciting to fucking watch. Well, speaking of exciting to fucking watch, how about Gary Tonin with a heel hook in one championship the other day uh, over Nakahara? He is now 5-0, and is Gary Tonin, in MMA. Uh, he has two TKOs, so he's not just a submission specialist. He has looked very crisp in his boxing. He does have three submissions. I mean, Gary Tonin is legit, right? Yeah, and, and you got to remember, too, that he only turned pro in March of 2018, so he's been fighting at a pretty decent clip, right? That that gives him roughly 14 months and five wins, which is pretty damn impressive. He's got all first-round victories, or actually, I take that back, two first-round, two second-round, one third-round, and this is a big one for him, too, because Yoshiki Nakahara is, is no rollover. I believe he was 10-3 and three coming into the fight. And he was on an eight-fight win streak. So, like, this is a very legit opponent for him to be beating, especially in 55 seconds, especially with him going to his super slick jiu-jitsu. I cannot wait. I hope he gets signed by the UFC. We put this on our Twitter, at Top Turtle MMA, just thinking about some of the uh, potential submission grappler specialist MMA fights that could happen, him versus Ryan Hall, him versus Crone Gracie, which would be a rematch in MMA, of course, their first match being in submission grappling at ADCC. Uh, but, I mean, we could really nerd out on Gary Tonin in the UFC, right? Absolutely. And, and he, I mean, I think he's right now fighting a little bit heavier than those two. But I also think that that's because one has the rehydration rules and stuff like that. And you got to come in at a certain percentage of that weight. I think if we saw him in the UFC, he probably would make it down to 45. But, oh. At least we can hope, because the grapplers are at 45, and that's the fun place to watch him. Uh, well, he had a great weekend. Someone who did not have a good weekend and won championship would be Sage Northcutt. He lost via KO, basically got his face broken in, had to get a lot of surgery. Cosmo Alexander was the one who did the face breaking. 30 seconds into the first round, what has happened to our once UFC poster boy? 
I think what happened to him is is that he believes in his striking more than he should, um, which I, I, I guess confidence is good to have in the cage, but overconfidence is a little bit dangerous because is he a good kickboxer? Yes. Was he a better kickboxer than some of the people he fought in the UFC? Absolutely. Cosmo Alexandre is, is one of those fighters who has been kickboxing more than he's been doing MMA. As a result, you can't go in overconfident in, in thinking the guy's not going to tag you. He should have been a little more cautious, especially early in the fight when the dude's throwing bombs. But that being said, I, I don't think that this is crazy surprising, right? Like, we saw what he did in the UFC. He's not a world beater. Maybe it's surprising because he got a kickboxing match, which is what he wanted. But, uh, I mean, like, I, I'm not shocked. It does look really bad for post-UFC fighters heading to one, though, with him and uh, Eddie Alvarez both getting beat. Absolutely. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where his career goes from here. I have a feeling he's going to be a better male model than he will professional MMA fighter. But petroleum we'll engineer, to... my man. Petroleum engineer. Uh, oh, is that is that? That's is what that his college degree is in. His college degree is in petroleum engineering or something like like. He's got, like, some crazy, like, engineering system where I, I think it works on, on gas and, like, oil and stuff like that. He's some sort of engineer for that. Um, yeah, he, he's all got right. some kind of crazy so, degree. <laughs> so for all you online haters out there, not only does he have better abs than you, he's also smarter than you. <laughs> we'll move then to a new We'll move then to a new segment we have here on the show. I'm very excited about this. We always, in our Fastest Fight News, would break down where fighters on the most recent card, where we would go from here, basically playing the Joe Silva, the Sean Shelby role, just doing the UFC's job and a little matchmaking and who people should be paired up with. It's a new segment. Is it brought to us by anyone, Gumby? Absolutely. This Sunday matchmaker segment is brought to you by Sisu Mouthguards. Head to SISUguard.com for the only mouthguard where you can talk, breathe, and drink all with that mouthguard up in your mouth. I bring it to Jiu-Jitsu all the time because it allows me to talk to my training partners without having to take it out because you obviously don't want your hands that have been all over the mats, all over your training partners, all over yourself. You don't want that in your mouth, so you don't have to. With Sisu, you can take a drink, you can talk to people, and it just can stay in your mouth. Head to the, their website, SISUGuard.com, and use promo code TOPTURTLE15 for 15% off all your mouth guard purchases. All right, we'll start our Sunday matchmaker uh, really with the biggest winner of the night, and that was last night uh, as of taping this. Uh, RDA beat Kevin Lee with an arm triangle choke. Jiu-Jitsu works in round four. Let me ask you this. Before I ask you where RDA and Kevin Lee go from here, who did you have winning the fight going into the fourth round? So it's funny that you asked that because I was watching the fight with my wife, and uh, I said to her while we were watching the fight because I had money on Kevin Lee. So I, I was watching the fight with hopes of Kevin Lee winning. So I said to my my wife after round two, I said, Kevin Lee, I think, is up at least maybe two rounds to none, maybe one to one. But Kevin Lee is winning this fight right now. And then I said, and I'm 100% certain he's going to lose. So if you ask me who is ahead on the card coming into the fourth round, I might have told you Kevin Lee. But I could not have been more sure that he was about to lose to RDA. Yeah, I know what you mean. I also, it's funny, someone on Twitter said the UFC should cut Kevin Lee. I think they were joking. I mean, I certainly would not cut Kevin Lee, but I will say, you know, last night's performance, it's so clear that this once, you know, potential future title holder, which is what I really thought Kevin Lee could be circa two, late 2017, 2018, 
Uh, and then he got, you know, kind of some bad luck getting staph infection, being on antibiotics when he had that interim title fight against Tony Ferguson. I still didn't give up hope, but I got to say I'm kind of giving up hope on Kevin Lee as a future champion right now. Yeah, I definitely would give up hope with him on a future champion. I, I think, you know, like that's sort of past unless he like really changes his training routine. I, I think it, we've got to see a big change in his cardio in order to get him there because that, that was to me – what made me so sure RDA was going to win is that RDA's cardio was it was classic RDA. Kevin Lee's cardio was not. All right, so we debut a new segment all about matchmaking, and we've done anything but matchmaking <laughs> so far. We're just, we're like a couple of girls at the nail salon just jabbering away. So let's talk about it. RDA big win. He's one and two in his last three. Of course, the losses came to Kamari Usman and Colby Covington uh, at welterweight. Where do you go with RDA from here? I'd actually like to see him fight Darren Till. My my pick is Darren Till. And the reason I like him fighting Darren Till, Darren Till also meteoric rise to the top of the division, right? RDA seemed to climb to the top of the division with no problems at all. And then a big step back to one of the biggest guys in the division. And, and RDA was a, you know, a double step back to two guys at the top of the division. But it, they both showed holes, right? Like both looked like they got, you know, outworked a little bit by a better wrestler, um, you know, Till got tagged a little bit by Tyrone Woodley. I'd like to see which of them actually has the hole there and which of them doesn't. And, you know, maybe it's going to take us a little while to get Till back after that vicious knockout, but I think it's a good matchup to make. Absolutely. And then for Kevin Lee, who's actually one and three in his last four, uh, going back to that Tony Ferguson interim title fight loss, he has a win over Edson Barbosa via TKO. He's lost to Iaquinta, he's lost to Dos Anjos, and he's lost to the aforementioned Tony Ferguson. Where do you go with Kevin Lee as a matchmaker and, you know, maybe trying to get him on the winning track again? So I think you got to send him a little bit far down the rankings in order to feel good about him again. Um, you know, th there's a fighter in there who is not going to outstrike him, uh, who's one and two towards the bottom of the top 15 here, and that's Gunnar Nelson. I, I think he'd actually be a fun fight for Gunnar Nelson because I, I don't think he'd want to wrestle him. He'd be able to work on his striking a little bit, which I think he needs to do. Gunner is also so patient in there. It might be a good fight for Kevin Lee to figure out how to pace himself. And if he can't get by Gunner Nelson, it's very clear the 170 thing isn't going to work, and he's really going to have to reassess where he is in his career. Uh, Ian Heinish, the Hurricane, huge win over Shoeface. He's 2-0 in the UFC at this point, 3-0 if you want to count Dana White Contender Series. What do you do with him? Uh, he called out um, both Jack Hermanson and Derek Brunson, which I, I don't mind either of those fights. I think Jack Hermanson's probably earned a little bit something more after having beaten Jacare. I, I kind of like to see him fight Jared Cannonier. Jared Cannonier was supposed to have this big show-me fight against uh, against Anderson Silva. He kicks the inside of the leg, he goes right down, and you call it a day. We really didn't see what, what Jared Cannonier could be. I have a feeling we're going to see Ian Heinish in the rankings pretty close to Jared Cannonier's number. It would be a good fight for either of them to figure out which one is heading towards the middle of the top ten. Uh, Vicente Luke is on a five-fight win streak. Where does he go from here? This man needs a real opponent. This dude needs a huge step up. And it's kind of sad because he's been just fighting whoever they threw at him. He hasn't been able to get a big step up in competition. I'd honestly love it if he took the short notice fight because I know Tyron Woodley just had to back out of the Robbie Lawler fight. I'd love for him to fight Robbie Lawler. I think that would be a really fun fight. I think Robbie Lawler's planning on waiting, so if Robbie Lawler isn't an answer, 
Um, you know, I, I wouldn't mind him fighting like Wonder Boy if Wonder Boy's feeling better. Like, I, I think it's that time for Vicente Luque. It's time for him to go way the hell up. Uh, how about Aspen Lad? All right, so for Aspen Lad, you're gonna sound this is gonna sound crazy, especially after beating a former 125er in like a brawl, like a back and forth, fun ass technical fight. I'm ready for her to fight the champ. I'm ready for her to fight Amanda Nunes, and Whoa. I know that that sounds fucking insane, but, like, who else is there to fight Amanda Nunes, right? She's going to fight Holly Holm for the fucking 800th title shot Holly Holm has gotten. But, like, other than that, we're looking at Jermaine Durandamy, who's everybody's sort of lackluster on, Ketlin Vieira, who has been out of action for seemingly forever, Raquel Pennington's already booked, and that's pretty much everybody in front of Aspen Ladd at this point. She's out there steamrolling people, looking great doing it. I, I think it's her time to go to the top. And if she is, I think this is a real marketable name for the UFC as well. 3-0 in the UFC, uh, undefeated in MMA, and that's including Invicta facing high-level competition. Actually had a fight against Adrara Eubanks in Invicta, so that was a rematch. Yep. Little known fact. All right, that was our Sunday matchmaking. Hit us up on our Twitter, at TopTurtleMMA. Let us know if you liked it. Let us know if you hated it. We're accepting both love and hate feedback on our Twitter, at TopTurtleMMA. That about wraps us up. Gumby, why don't you do some house cleaning and get us out of here? And that's going to do it for another episode of Top Turtle MMA. Before we give all of our thank yous, we want to give you a quick plug. Remember to check out sheathunderwear.com and use promo code FLOW. For 20% off, Sheath Underwear, changing the way the underwear game works with its innovative front pocket that promotes airflow while still supporting your boys. It's great when you're doing physical activity. It's a perfect blend of the boxer and the brief without just being a boxer brief that crushes your guys. So I highly recommend it. Check out sheathunderwear.com. We also want to give a quick thank you to our other three sponsors, ADK Fightwear, Maroon Social, and Sisu Mouthguards. We want to thank Flow Combat for having us on each and every week. And I want to remind you to check us out on Twitter at TopTurtleMMA. We got all kinds of cool things coming, including a contest coming up for Autograph UFC stuff so you're going to want to keep an eye out for that once again i'm daniel gumby freeland he is shockwave dave tremonte and we will see you next week